Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, people, and God. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, which invites you to know and show the welcoming heart of God. We all long for a life that matters, to give ourselves away for the next generation, to invest in things that will outlive us, and as my pastor said recently, to age intentionally and strategically. No matter what age we are, we are all growing older. There's no stopping that train. We want to grow something besides old. Thank you for joining me today at Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life. Good morning. I'm so excited today to uh, introduce you to my friend, Micah Maddox. I met Micah at She Speaks several years ago, and she was ready to get a book published at the time. And uh, it has a great title, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first, Micah, if you could please tell us a little bit about your family. Sure. Thanks so much for having me today. Sure. So, um, you know, I'm a wife of a pastor. And I'm a mom. Yeah, pastor. So we <laughs> are in ministry full-time, which means that we spend a lot of our time serving others and helping people who are having a hard time. And um, we spend a lot of time at our church, but then also outside the church. My husband is the um, fire and rescue chaplain for our county. Wow. So, yeah. So that keeps us um, hopping because basically he's on call either at the church or at the fire department all the time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Which it's, it's exciting. And I used to, in our early years of marriage, I used to um, resent when the phone would ring. I would be right. like, no. Don't go anywhere. We need you here. But mm-hmm. now the Lord's changed my heart. And mm-hmm. um, now I look at it as, okay, phone's ringing. It's an opportunity. Somebody's hurt and somebody needs help. So, Well, let me stop you right there because um, I felt the same way because I married a doctor. And as soon as that phone would ring, I go, wait a minute. The wife's supposed to come first after Jesus. And this is not being very biblical. And then he said something very telling. He said, if I don't answer the phone, people die. So it's kind of the same with you. And yeah. how, did, how did God change your heart? You know, I think it was just a, it was a process and it's one of those things that it's not an overnight, oh, Mm. I want to serve others now, you know, but, um, it was a process and we experienced some of our own grief and pain where we were the ones reaching out for help and where we were the ones sitting in a hospital day in and day out. And we wanted a pastor to come visit us. And so in those, in those times, you really realize the difference that people make when they take the time to show up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where God has changed my heart in my own pain. Wow. Isn't that true in so many ways? Okay. Mm-hmm. I interrupted you. Tell me about your children. So we have four kids and they age from four years old up to 13. So we are right in the middle of it, in the thick of it. And um, it's been an exciting journey. I have three of them are biological children. So my nine, 11 and 13 year olds are biological mm-hmm. and our four-year-old is recently adopted out of foster care. So that has been um, quite a journey. If anyone is not familiar with foster care, basically a kid comes into foster care because their home is um, considered unfit or, you know, their parents are having a hard time. And so they come into foster care and they stay with you until their family can get back on their feet. So we kept a little boy for two and a half years. And for about two of those years, we really thought that he was going to go back home. Wow. That was a hard, hard season of um, attaching and loving and welcoming someone into your home, not knowing if they're going to stay. Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, but he, he's here, he's here for good. And, oh, praise the Lord. um, we, we couldn't be any happier. And a lot of times people look at it and say, oh, he's so blessed. And he, you know, he's so lucky to have a family like yours, but really we feel like, you know, God chose him for us and we are, our whole family is blessed because wow. of, um, because of it. So, mm-hmm. um, and just a little bit about me. I, of course, I serve with my husband at church. So I lead ladies Bible study and women's ministry here locally. And, um, also I have the opportunity to serve really all over the United States through speaking and encouraging and loving women. And my main, um, ministry is to the women who are hurting, who are having a hard time and who mm-hmm. are struggling. So, mm-hmm. That's, that's in a nutshell, that's what we do. That's who we are. So that's wonderful. Um, you wrote a book and I'm going to read the title anchored in experiencing a powerful life in a problem filled world, which sounds just like what you were just saying, that that is what you want to share is encouraging the hurting person, not just the hurting woman, I would imagine. So that is quite a title. Uh, why did you write this book and why did you title it that way? And I'm sure this is your legacy. Yes. Part of it. So, um, you know, anchored in, living anchored in came from a time in my life when I was not necessarily anchored mm-hmm. and I needed to find my anchor. And I did not feel powerful. I felt very powerless. And that came from childhood trauma that I had to walk through. My dad was a pastor. And on a Sunday morning when I was six years old, we showed up to church and my dad had gone early to prepare the sermon like he always did. And when we showed up to church that Sunday morning, we walked into his office and there was a note from him that he was gone and that he was not coming back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So through that abandonment and that loss and the, um, you know, the questions that of faith that that puts in a little girl's heart and mind, I, I went through my life and really just pretended a way that I had lost my anchor, my daddy, you know, I mm-hmm. kind of pretended that I was okay. And I realized really when I became a mother and whenever I, I looked at my kids, I realized I, I need to deal with that childhood trauma that I pressed away for all those years and I need to find my anchor again. Mm. And I, so, how long, how come it took that long? Mm. Kind of a personal question, but I, yeah. I think people are thinking, well, why didn't she figure that out? Like, or her mother didn't put her in therapy or whatever. Right. right. So we did do some family counseling, but I, I was a super shy kid, mm. so I didn't talk. Mm. I didn't want to talk about it. And, um, my dad, when he left, like he left and he did not come back. So there was no like weekends at dad's, there was no processing, like Mm. there was no, you know, talking about it. And, um, my mother moved on, she remarried. And Mm. so I had a stepdad who walked into my life and, um, he was a godly man who loved, loved the Lord. He wasn't a pastor, but he was a a good man. And, um, so I kind of watched and learned, you know, what, it's like to even see someone who is, you know, real. Mm-hmm. And I questioned, of course, and doubted his, his faith all through my life and wondered like, is this real? When is he gonna, when is he gonna leave? Mess you. Up, you know? Wow. Yeah. When is he gonna leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know that um, I didn't 
totally like didn't deal with it, but I didn't talk about it with anybody else. So I would deal with it in my own personal, like quiet way. Um, and really I sought attention from, from guys, from men and not in a, not in like a sexual promiscuous way, but just in a, I needed approval. Sure. Like I needed someone to say, um, good job. You know, you can do this. Um, and fill, I needed someone to fill that void in my, in my heart and my soul and my life. And so, um, when I say I waited till I was an adult to deal with it, I really mean I waited till I was an adult to reconnect with my dad. Wow. And as a 30 year old woman, I looked him up, I searched and dug him up basically because we had no idea where he was. Hmm. And so I found a phone number and I called and I heard his voice for the first time in over 25 years. Wow. And um, the, the beauty in it is was that I got to hear the words, I'm sorry. And I got to say the words and mean the words, I forgive you. And so there was some, some closure there and some healing there. But then on the other side of it, there was no relationship that continued. So then I had to deal with that all over again. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these expectations of a father-daughter relationship that I wanted never came through. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. And through that, I was really forced to figure out, am I going to continue seeking my biological father relationship? Am I going to continue wanting and needing his approval for my life? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to rest in the approval from my heavenly father? Mm -hmm. And I literally came to my knees and came to myself and said, Lord, okay, this, I'm at a turning point here. And if something doesn't change, I'm not going to be able to mentally live because I cannot continue living like this. And so when you say living like this, do you mean like, um, unanchored not to bring the title, but what do you mean living like this? unanchored and seeking approval, uh, always needing a hole in my heart to be filled. Okay. A hole that I thought was a dad sized hole Okay, <laughs> that I thought my dad, if he would just love me, if he could just see what a mother I've become, if he could just see what a good wife I am, if he mm -hmm. could just see, you know, that, you know, my husband and I have this wonderful relationship and he could see that I graduated from college and then I would feel mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. And it was really the Lord that just <laughs> took me in his arms and said, you are successful because I love you, because mm -hmm. I died for you, because I've chosen you. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I realized that God was all I needed, it was a journey of healing for me. And so I began slowly to find that anchor mm -hmm. and I began to realize how I can truly fill this void in my heart and not continue to need and want and, and search for acceptance and um, find, you know, hope beyond the rejection that I received. Mm. So then I wrote Anchored In as I was walking through this healing journey. And so mm. literally step by step, the, the nuggets of um, relief that <clears throat> God would give me, I would write. And the, the way that God was healing my heart and filling me up. I, I wrote and then um, I finished this whole book and, and I had titled it Hope When Life Hurts. That's a good one. Right? And yeah. I took it and I presented it 
to publishers and I was like, this is my story. This is my book. And, um, it ended up with different feedback that I received. I rewrote the book and it became anchored in. And I love it so much more because although, yes, I wanted to offer people hope when their life hurts, what really I was offering them was the anchor and the power that you can have when you allow God to heal your heart and fill those holes that no one else can fill. When you speak, um, there are women or men or women in your audience who perhaps have a similar story as Mm -hmm. yours but not necessarily, but they still have other holes in their heart. How do you translate um, how God became your anchor to their particular hole? Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm asking? I do understand what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, so the I'll try to make it as concise as possible, but there there's one particular passage in scripture that God took me to over and over and over again. And through it, he, he just gave me these just nuggets of truth and wisdom that I go to anytime there is that, that question or that struggle in life where, where I'm saying, okay, God, why did this happen? And why did it happen this way? And mm-hmm. are you still with me here? Mm-hmm. And those hard questions that we ask God, you know, are you here now? Do you yeah. really, mm-hmm. are, you know, when we get that bad diagnosis or, you know, mm-hmm. our parents are aging or their loss or any of it. And, and Micah, don't you, Micah, excuse me to interrupt, but don't you find that we see God answer and then we forget? Yes. <laughs> Right? We do. We forget so quickly. Yeah, trusting has yes. so much to do with having a good memory. And of course, when we lose our memory, to be able to have someone focus us back on what God did before. So right. go, ahead. go ahead. So um, when I share my story, I always share this one psalm, and it's Psalm 27. And it says, it's David's song of confidence. And he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hmm. The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid? And so right there in the first verse, it's like, there's nothing to fear. Mm. God is my light. He's my light in the dark, in this dark place in my life. He is my light. And so I, I remind them, God is with you. He's there. And then the passage goes on and it says, you know, he's going to hide you. It's not that God's hiding you, but he's actually going to hide you in the shadow of his wings. So not only is God with you, but he is hiding you. And when we remember this in those times, when we are feeling like, one, is God even here? Mm-hmm. And where in the world is he? <laughs> God, he is with me. He's my light in the dark. And he is going to hide me. He's not hiding from me. And then it, the the passage goes on and it talks about he's um, David is being taught by God. And the scripture says, when I said to you, seek my face, you said, I will seek your face. And so it's all about this act of obedience to God. And so for me in my life, it was when God said, Hey, it's time to deal with this. I said, yes, Lord, I will deal with this. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same for any situation we go through when God is prompting our heart and when the Holy spirit is prompting our heart to deal with that thing, that hole and you know, that big size hole that we just feel like it can't be fixed. When God says, Hey, deal with it. We say, yes, Lord, I will deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so we, we go on this journey from realizing God's with us, knowing he's not hiding, but he's actually hiding us and then saying, okay, I, I will deal with it. And I will let you, I will let you meet me in that hole. <laughs> I will let you meet me in that, in that place. Mm-hmm. And so this, this works for any of us. It's, 
no matter what the situation is, it's remembering the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. And I can see this um, going into legacy since this is a legacy podcast. Um, this is your main, explain to us your main legacy that you hope that those around you, not just your four beautiful children or mm-hmm. even the congregation, but mm-hmm. what is the legacy that you're actively uh, working on to share? Yeah. The main thing that I I will share and I will say over and over and over again is that God's word is where we find the answer and the power to make it through any of life's struggle. Mm -hmm. We have access to God's literal word. (laughs) And when we open it, he gives us what we need. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we struggle, you know, with like, well, what do I do? And what do I, you know, I don't know what to, how to, process this and how to deal with it. And I've learned just to open up the word and people say, well, I don't know where to start. And I'm like, go to Psalms. Yeah. Go to Psalms because the psalmist poured out their heart mm-hmm. over and over again. And there's tons of prayers and songs in there that say, Hey, when I'm in the, when I was in the deep pit, <laughs> when I was right. in the dark place, when I was, you know, in the barren land where there was no water, mm-hmm. that's where I go to find um, everything that I need. It's, it's God's word. So that is the legacy that I want to leave for my kids and my family and for anyone that I speak with is when you don't know where to go, we, we do actually know exactly where to go. And that's mm-hmm. to God. I heard, um, I think in college where a guy said, uh, the Psalms are in the heart of the Bible for the heart of man. And so that, that when you open your Bible on its own, a normal Bible will open right to the Psalms. And I think that is not an accident on God's right. part, because usually when we're that much in a pit, we can't even see because we're crying so hard. <clears throat> I remember right. crying on the freeway thinking, I, I could actually crash because I can't really see because I'm crying so hard. Mm. And yet God, uh, of course, saved my life through that. And it was basically through his word and interacting with him. Um, what wisdom, I guess that would be the main wisdom, but the last question is always, what wisdom would you like to share with our Welcome Heart audience on making our lives count? Mm. No, I would say think of your life in terms of eternal things. Mm. You know, the world gets very focused. We get very focused on temporary things. And all that we do, really, we can get so wrapped up in home improvements and in our social life. And those are great things, you know, but what's most important is the things that are going to last forever. And can so you that's, give an example? So that is the, the impact that I have on my children spiritually. That's going to last. That's going to last for the next generation. And then Lord willing, the next generation. And so if I if I'm not pouring into my kids and I'm not sharing the word of God with them and teaching them God's word, and I'm not leading them to Jesus, then eternally there's an impact there and it can be good or bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we look at our life, really evaluate what's the most important thing. It's not the things that we can see right here. Actually, it's the things that we can't see the unseen heart, right? right? The unseen soul of each other, that's what's going to live forever. And that's what's most important. And so I would say measure your heart and your life against the truth of God's word, not the truth of man's word, Mm -hmm. because man's going to make success look really shiny and really um, special and really 
expensive, right? (laughs) (laughs) And God measures success very differently. And, you know, so for us, one of those things would be like the call to foster care. So that's something that God put on our hearts. And um, it's something that God just said, hey, I, I want you to do this. And so we've done it. But I'm not sharing it like, oh, sometimes pride in man's eyes, we can be like, look what I've done. Mm -hmm. We have opened our home to foster care and pride can swell up. And that's what the enemy wants, right? He wants you to say, oh yeah, in that good place where God called you, I want you to mess up right there. Yeah, right, right. Right? It's so so true. He can just mess up everything. Uh, One last question. What clues you in? What is like a red flag that you are actually building into a temporal versus eternal? Hmm. I think it's when I lose sight of Jesus. And I know that sounds really Christian-y, so let me explain it a little bit better. But it's when I stop making a priority to read God's word. It's when I start worrying and I stop praying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when I'm barking at my children rather than training them. Mm-hmm. It's when I'm griping at my husband rather than serving him. So there's these stark contrasts that I know when I'm barking at my husband, I'm also barking at my children, right? right. And it all works together and I'm in a, the wrong place. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in God's word and I'm trusting God and I'm praying and I'm um, pouring out those cares to him, I'm in a better place. And this is not like seasonal. This is daily. Right. There we go. <laughs> This is like day by real life. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Well, it has been such a joy to hear a part of your journey. And I know your book will be a huge blessing, continue to be uh, to my readers. And I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes so that you can get to know Micah's story a little bit better, but not just to know Micah, but to know uh, Jesus and to have that power that he says we have. And yet I personally always need to hear how it works in someone else's life. And so thank you for sharing. And also she has a great recipe, which I'm going to put on the show notes. So thank you so much today, Micah. Any parting words? You know, I just, anytime I get a chance to share, I just want to remind people that God is with you. He's not hiding from you. He sees you. He loves you. You are seen and known by by the name above all names, by the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and he loves you dearly. So if you're feeling um, a little bit hidden today or you feel alone today, just remember that God, he is near. You just reach out and he is right there. Thank you, Micah. And will people be able to uh, contact with you if they want to have you speak or just some encouragement? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, You can find me at micamatics.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Micah. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.